Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about leukemia and you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com or in the hematology section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Leukemia is cancer of a particular line of stem cells in the bone marrow causing unregulated production of a specific type of blood cell. Let's talk about the types. The types of leukemia can be classified depending on how rapidly they progress, where chronic is slow and acute is fast, and the cell line that is affected, generally myeloid or lymphoid cell lines. And this makes the four types of leukemia. Acute myeloid leukemia, where there's rapidly progressing cancer of the myeloid cell line, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, where there's rapidly progressing cancer of the lymphoid cell line, chronic myeloid leukemia, where there's slowly progressing cancer of the myeloid cell line, and chronic lymphocytic leukemia, where there's slowly progressing cancer of the lymphoid cell line. Other rarer types of leukemia such as acute promyelocytic leukemia are less likely to appear in your exams. Most types of leukemia occur in patients over 60 to 70 years of age. The exception is acute lymphoblastic leukemia which most commonly affects children under 5 years of age. A Tom tip for you. The key differentiating features to remember for exams are acute lymphoblastic leukemia is the most common leukemia in children and is associated with Down syndrome. Chronic lymphocytic leukemia is associated with warm hemolytic anemia, Richter's transformation and smudge cells. Chronic myeloid leukemia has three phases including a long chronic phase and is associated with the Philadelphia chromosome. And acute myeloid leukemia may result in a transformation from a myeloproliferative disorder and is associated with Ayer rods. Let's talk about the pathophysiology. A genetic mutation in one of the precursor cells in the bone marrow leads to excessive production of a single type of abnormal white blood cell. The excessive production of a single type of cell can suppress the other cell lines, causing the underproduction of different cell types. This can result in pancytopenia, which is a combination of low red blood cells, or anemia, low white blood cells, or leukopenia, and low platelets which is thrombocytopenia. Next let's talk about the presentation. The presentation of leukemia is relatively non-specific. An urgent full blood count is required when leukemia is suspected as a differential diagnosis. Potential presenting features include fatigue, fever, pallor or pale skin due to anemia, petechiae or bruising due to thrombocytopenia or low platelets, abnormal bleeding, lymphadenopathy or swollen abnormal lymph nodes, hepatosplenomegaly or an enlarged liver and spleen, 
and failure to thrive in children. Let's talk about petechiae and purpura. One key presenting feature of leukemia is bleeding under the skin due to thrombocytopenia or a low platelet count. Bleeding under the skin causes non-blanching lesions, meaning that if you put pressure on the lesions, they don't disappear or blanch. These lesions are called different things based on the size of the lesion. Petechiae are less than 3 mm and caused by burst capillaries. Purpura are 3 to 10 mm and ecchymosis is larger than 1 cm. The top differentials for a non-blanching rash caused by bleeding under the skin are leukemia, meningococcal septicemia, vasculitis, henoch schonlein purpura or HSP, immune thrombocytopenic purpura or ITP, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura or TTP, traumatic or mechanical injury, for example, severe vomiting, and non-accidental injury. Consider non-accidental injury or abuse as a differential particularly in children and vulnerable adults. Let's talk about the diagnosis. The NICE guidelines on suspected cancer from 2021 recommend a full blood count within 48 hours for patients with suspected leukemia. They recommend children or young people with petechiae or hepatosplenomegaly are sent for immediate specialist assessment, meaning straight into hospital. A full blood count is the initial investigation. A blood film is used to look for abnormal cells and inclusions within those cells. Lactate dehydrogenase, or LDH, is a very non-specific marker of tissue damage and it's often raised in leukemia but also in other cancers and many non-cancerous conditions, including after heavy exercise. LDH is not helpful as a screening test but may be used for specialist assessment and monitoring the condition. A bone marrow biopsy is used to analyse the cells in the bone marrow and this is how a definitive diagnosis of leukemia is established. CT and PET scans may be used to help stage the condition. A lymph node biopsy can be used to assess abnormal lymph nodes. Genetic testing, looking for chromosomes and DNA changes, and immunophenotyping, looking for specific proteins on the surface of cells, may be performed to help guide treatment and prognosis. So let's talk in more detail about a bone marrow biopsy. Bone marrow biopsy is usually taken from the iliac crest above the hip. It involves a local anaesthetic and a specialist needle. The options are aspiration or trephine. Bone marrow aspiration involves taking a liquid sample of the cells from within the bone marrow. Bone marrow trephine involves taking a solid core sample of the bone marrow and provides a better assessment of the cells and the structure. So let's talk in more detail about acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Acute lymphoblastic leukemia affects one of the lymphocyte precursor cells causing acute proliferation of a single type of lymphocyte, 
usually B lymphocytes. Excessive accumulation of these cells replaces the other cell types within the bone marrow and this causes a pancytopenia. Acute lymphoblastic leukemia most often affects children under the age of 5 but it can also affect older adults. It's more common with Down syndrome. Acute lymphoblastic leukemia can be associated with the Philadelphia chromosome but this chromosome is more associated with chronic myeloid leukemia which we'll talk about shortly. Let's talk in more detail about chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Chronic lymphocytic leukemia is where there is slow proliferation of a single type of well-differentiated lymphocyte, usually B lymphocytes. It usually affects adults over the age of 60. It's often asymptomatic, meaning there's no symptoms, but it can present with infections, anemia, bleeding and weight loss. It may cause warm autoimmune hemolytic anemia. Richter's transformation refers to the rare transformation of chronic lymphocytic leukemia into high-grade B-cell lymphoma. Smear or smudge cells are ruptured white blood cells that occur while preparing the blood film when the cells are aged or fragile. Smear or smudge cells are particularly associated with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Next let's talk about chronic myeloid leukemia. Chronic myeloid leukemia has three phases. The chronic phase, the accelerated phase and the blast phase. The chronic phase is often asymptomatic and patients are diagnosed after an incidental finding of a raised white cell count on a full blood count. The chronic phase can last for several years before the disease progresses. The accelerated phase occurs when the abnormal blast cells take up a high proportion, 10-20% to 20% of the bone marrow and the blood cells. In the accelerated phase, patients are more symptomatic and they can develop anemia, thrombocytopenia and immunodeficiency. The blast phase follows the accelerated phase and this involves an even higher proportion over 20% of the blast cells in the blood. The blast phase has severe symptoms and pancytopenia and is often fatal. Chronic myeloid leukemia is particularly associated with the Philadelphia chromosome. This refers to an abnormal chromosome 22 caused by a reciprocal translocation or a swap of genetic material between a section of chromosome 9 and chromosome 22. This translocation creates an abnormal gene sequence called BCR-ABL1, which codes for an abnormal tyrosine kinase enzyme that drives the proliferation of the abnormal cells. Next, let's talk about acute myeloid leukemia. There are many subtypes of acute myeloid leukemia with slightly different cytogenetics and presentations. Acute myeloid leukemia can present at any age, but normally presents from middle-aged onwards. It can occur from the transformation from a myeloproliferative disorder. For example, a patient who has polycythemia vera or myelofibrosis, those conditions can transform into acute myeloid leukemia. 
A blood film and bone marrow biopsy will show a high proportion of blast cells. Air rods in the cytoplasm of the blast cells are a characteristic finding of acute myeloid leukemia. Next, let's talk about the general management of leukemia. An oncology and hematology multidisciplinary team will coordinate treatment. Leukemia is mainly treated with chemotherapy and targeted therapies, depending on the type and the individual features. Examples of targeted therapies, which are mainly used in chronic lymphocytic leukemia, are tyrosine kinase inhibitors, for example, ibrutinib, and monoclonal antibodies, for example, rituximab, which targets B cells. Other treatment options include radiotherapy, bone marrow transplant, and surgery. Let's talk about the complications of chemotherapy. Chemotherapy comes with a long list of complications and adverse effects, including failure to treat the cancer, stunted growth and development in children, infections due to immunosuppression, including neutropenic sepsis, neurotoxicity, damaging the brain and the nerves, infertility, secondary malignancy, where cancer develops as a consequence of chemotherapy, cardiotoxicity, where it damages the heart, and tumor lysis syndrome. So finally, let's talk in more detail about tumor lysis syndrome. Tumor lysis syndrome results from chemicals released when cells are destroyed by chemotherapy, resulting in high uric acid, high potassium or hyperkalemia, high phosphate and low calcium, which results from the high phosphate. Uric acid can form crystals in the interstitial space and tubules of the kidneys, resulting in an acute kidney injury. Hyperkalemia can cause cardiac arrhythmias or heart arrhythmias. The release of cytokines can cause systemic inflammation. Very good hydration and very good urine output before chemotherapy is required in patients at risk of tumor lysis syndrome. Allopurinol or rasburicase may be used to suppress the uric acid levels in tumor lysis syndrome. So thanks for listening to this episode on leukemia. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about lymphoma.